Hello and welcome dun, dun, dun. to the Broke Car Snobs podcast. I like sharing. I'm Adam. I'm Bruce. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk to you about the first of, I hope, many Broke Car Snob adventures. It's the Watkins Glen episode. Nice. That, is that what you're going to call it? That's what the title's going to be. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> fine. So he says now. Right, until you know you see this show up on your podcasting service of choice, and you're like, it's not what it says. Oh, well. They'll get over it. So, I don't know about you guys, but I had an absolute blast today. Today was a fun day. I enjoyed myself. Oh, today was a really good day. And I learned some stuff. I learned a lot, too. I, I learned a lot, too. Like, uh, that bladders um, can definitely <laughs> impact uh, an experience. Yes, um, just to reiterate to our audience, um, we, in the first part of our adventure today, we went to, am I allowed to say places? I don't see why not. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, we went to an Audi dealership that was having like a get-together this morning where uh, several Audi drivers were going to meet um, and then drive down into the Watkins Glen area and go around the racetrack and following a pacer car. And uh, we were told at around 11 that... Um, go to the bathroom now because we don't know what the bathroom situation is going to be like in Watkins Glen. And by the time we had gotten to, by the way, after they wined and dined us, they did not give us wine, but they gave us a box breakfast and drink. Um, we made it down there. And what time was it by the time we actually made it to the track? Almost one. Yeah. Was it really that late? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah we, we, we sat right. in line for... Close to 50 minutes, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, just two hours, but I want to reiterate, when you have two hours and you're told you can't use a bathroom because there are not available, you suddenly need to go. Not in my experience. I think you just panicked. I think there was a, a degree of panic because you didn't know how long we were going to be sitting there. True, true, true. But I also saw several different groups of people wandering off into various areas. Not sure what they were doing, but hoping they were finding a magical porta potty, which are apparently illegal. Most people did find the porta potty. I didn't see them over to the side, so I pointed out some privacy walls. Let's call we, them. We don't need to talk about what happened behind the privacy walls. But anyway, <laughs> we're getting a little far into the woods here, so we should probably talk about like what a little more a little he bit. Wishes he had woods. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> Maybe maybe a little bit more in-depth about exactly what it was that we did today, for those who aren't aware. So this weekend was the opening weekend for Watkins Glen International Raceway. Um, and to open the track for the season, they allow anybody to show up with their car, pay a fee, which actually is a donation to uh, RACE, which is an acronym. I don't know what it stands for. I could probably look that up. Yeah, really up authentic quick. car enthusiasts. It's not bad for being just off the dome. Adam, while you're looking that up, I don't know if it's possible, but do you think it is okay if we link um, the name of the lady that was hosting that club today? I don't know if we have permission to do that, but she was very nice and it was a very uh, welcoming event. Well, I can say that the way that we got set up with it was from the Audi Club of North America, okay, um, which is a obviously the North American club for Audi owners. Um, but this particular event was put on by Northeast Quattro NEQ, which is the Northeast chapter of the Audi club. And, uh, yeah, they, they set up a great meet and greet kind of get together at, uh, Audi Rochester, the dealership, uh, with a box lunch, box breakfast for everybody that signed up free of charge. And, you know, we got to hang out. We got to talk with some, you know, like-minded enthusiasts, saw some cars. They had an R an R eight there. Oh, at the dealership, yes. At the dealership, yeah. Um, um, I, I don't want us to forget Audiopoly. Yes, I need to find I need to find the, uh, yeah, there was Audiopoly, which was an Audi-branded, heritage-branded Oh, Monopoly. Monopoly, yes, Monopoly. I pointed that out to you. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was legit. You gonna see if you can find it cheaper than what they were charging? Well, yeah, they were asking for, what, 70 bucks, I yeah, think, for 70 that? Bucks. Yeah, 70 bucks. The dealership, man. Oh, tree fitting. Okay, so um, race is uh, a foundation for from the facility called Racing and Community Enrichment, R A C E. Okay, 
Um, I like mine better. Right. Yep. But it has to be about the community. So, um, so needless to say, we we met at the Audi dealership, hung out there for a little bit, had our breakfast, um, and then we headed back towards back to the east and a little bit down south. We stopped at a winery, all of us. Um, and we hung out there for a decent amount of time to make sure that everybody that, you know, was coming from the East didn't drive all the way to Rochester. We did because I think that was a good time. Well, we never found out where anyone else came from. No, no, we didn't. I know the one, uh, the one kid I was talking to that had the RS five, um, (coughs) fortunately we can edit, we can edit out the, the dying. Leave it in. I, I definitely will. Yeah. Leave, I'll definitely. I think it's a bug from the road. Oh, I just wanted to say that I think it was um, at both the dealership and at the the winery uh, vineyard. It was a good chance to see. Uh, I believe what we talked about in the first or second episode, just people walking up to each other and asking about each other's cars and telling them, um, you know, this is one of my favorite. Cars like you got approached a couple times, and I was even approached once asking if your car was mine, and I, I said, "Yep, this is the best Pontiac I've ever seen." And you they, know, they walked away. No, no, they were like, I got crazy. the car model right. Um, <laughs> but no, it was it was a it was a good time because it's a lot of people, and I did not see a lot of unhappy people. It has many horses under the hood. It sure yes. does. Little ponies. Yes. But no, it was it was a good time. But I know the uh, the one kid I was talking to with the RS5, he acquired that with GameStop money. What do you mean? Oh, selling off his stock. Gotcha. Yep. He must have gotten into GameStop real, real early when the, the stock was cheap. Good and for him. He, and, he sold, and seriously, and he said it was his dream car. And I was like, man, good on you. Yeah. Good on you. Getting something, you know, that you're going to truly enjoy. So that was nice. That was good talking to him, bullshitting about what he's going on, what he's got going on with that, what I've got going on with the All Road. And then uh, after the meet there at the winery, we uh, departed and headed to Watkins Glen. And that was a damn good time, aside from the wait. The drive there was a damn good time. Just, like, from the winery to Watkins Glen. The, yeah, the views were unreal there, yeah. right by the lake and everything like that. For those of you, if you're watching from someplace outside of the U.S. or even New York, um, just, you know, Watkins Glen, New York, is it's a very hilly area at the tip of one of the Finger Lakes in New York, and it... It's just beautiful. It's got streams running down everywhere, and uh, there's a lot of nice wind. And when you're up on the track, you can see quite a distance. And it's just a nice foresty, hilly area with a lot of nice stone. Don't come here. Yeah, don't don't come here. Don't sully our our area. People get lost in the Finger Lakes. They disappear forever. New York is a fine damn place to live. You can come here if you want. Don't come here. <laughs> I will say though, the weather today was unbeatable. Yeah. There, there is literally, it could not have been better. Ever so slight overcast, but sun was still shining through a little bit. And there was a little bit of wind yep. to bring bring the temperature down while we were out there. Yeah, it was it was definitely a perfect day. Perfect day for driving. With the windows down. Yep. Yep. And I don't know if I'm jumping ahead by saying this, but for someone who has never really watched a race at all, um, it was quite exhilarating, even though I was in the backseat. But it just just feeling every twist and turn on the track and just kind of like when we're going over a hill, just feeling that going up and over, that was, you know, there was adrenaline, you know, it was a Mm -hmm. good fun time and we did yell at the car in front of us, but that has to happen sometimes. I never yelled at him. I was a little vocal about it. I think I understood what he was doing. So we were the second car in line after the pace car. So they had a series of pace cars with a, with a group of cars behind each pace car. And we were the second car behind ours. And there was a white Corvette in front of us. And I'm not going to pretend to be a professional driver by any stretch, but I know a racing line. I know to cut corners wide on the outside entering, cut the apex, and then right out on the opposite side wide. I, I know how I know how that works. I've played racing games. You're absolutely right. But we weren't going speeds that makes that necessary. No, but if you have the opportunity to be on a racetrack, shouldn't you be keeping to the racing line anyway? Uh, he looked like he was having a good time. That's uh, that that's all. I'm going to stop defending him there. He looked he, like he was having a good time. He's not going to be having a good time when he gets home today and realizes he was burning a shitload of oil. 
I don't know if you caught that, but he yeah. he, he was on it at that's one point, and it was nothing but black smoke coming out of his tailpipe. It's just Chevy things. That's LS things. Send your hate mail to BCS at brocarsnobs.com. But no, I think it driving on that track was real for me when we got when we went up and to the right and we cut one corner, then another corner, and then went wide and then cut through cut through the chicane there, that little chicane. That was when it, it hit me because it was just perfect. Just perfect. Just powering through that. I'm probably going to get picked on by Bruce by saying this because he pops every happy bubble that I have. But I'm good at it. I want to say that as long as it took for us to get to the track, as soon as we started racing, I have no idea how long it took because time kind of stood still. For me, at least. I thought it was just like a momentary. I knew I was smiling even when I was leaning like 90 degrees to one side because... I felt all those G-forces, you know. It was especially hard because I was trying to record with my phone with both yeah. hands out in front of me, so I mm-hmm. couldn't hold on to anything. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce is just flying around in the passenger seat. It was a good time. Um, but based on the recording on my phone, it was about 16 minutes. It did not. I mean, for me, it felt almost like a moment, but a great moment. And it's a... I, I was looking up to see how, how long the actual track is, and... Um, the frick, did I lose it? Oh, it's three 3.45 mile. So it's about three and a half miles, the circuit. Um, so in total, we did, that would be what? Nine? Ten point, well, ten. ten and a half miles. Yep. 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 I'm good at math. I are college educated. We did about tree fitty each time around. I'm tree less, fitty. I'm, I'm less than college educated. <laughs> Sorry, you're blue collar, Bruce. That's respectable. No, it's not. Not anymore. Yeah, but you take the trash out. That's even less respected. No, I mean that's a that's a necessary a necessary thing, man. Society would collapse if it wasn't for you. Partially true, but you'd be amazed at how many people get pissed off behind me just because I'm blocking traffic. You now people are just dumb. Also, PSA. We should have a PSA section during these. I came up with a PSA that earlier this week that I wanted. I just remembered. Late on us, people. If it's raining outside, if it's snowing outside, if there's fog outside. If it's nighttime, turn your damn headlights on, please. Or live dangerously. No, no, no. I like to call that driving in stealth mode. I was driving the other day. How and else it, are you going to tail someone? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, okay. All right. That's fair. I was driving the other day, and it was like dark out, and some clown did not have his headlights on, and I was yelling as I drove by. He probably didn't hear you. He didn't hear you. You don't know that. I don't. No, I know that. He might have. Probably. There would have been an echo coming in through the wind, if anything. He might have. Maybe. Maybe I was channeling. I was was sending my energy his way. There's no way you cut through all the noise. Or the total lack of cognizant thought going on in his head. Well, I have a peep. How dark was it? It was like the streetlights were on dark. Okay, so the streetlights were on, so he had light. <laughs> that's okay. Okay, I so like that, playing that's devil's the, advocate. That's Leave the, me alone. That, <laughs> is that the determining factor? Yes. If there's light being provided from somewhere else, I don't you have to don't turn my headlights on. Right. It's okay. It. I have a PSA from today that I think you would appreciate. Oh, so it's two two PSA. Uh, just for today, at least. I like it. Um, I just want to state that if you are driving on a highway and there are painted lines on the road, it would be helpful to stay within them, especially if you're... Driving a Silverado. A white one. Oh, I forgot about that. And I'm, I'm going to pass it over to or Adam. I'm sorry, like right, right where 690 and 81 merge, kind of. Yeah. But I'm passing it over to I just don't, I don't, I don't understand. I just don't get it. Again, like, he was probably on his phone. You're probably right. It That, and he was in a truck doing, what were you going around that bend? Almost 70? 75 i think yeah. we were driving the he's speed in limit a tr- he's in a yeah, truck so and we he were... was going around a pretty tight bend he probably thought he was about to lose control of it he did have one hand out the window the entire time and never moved it was he telling me that was number one it was just tattooed and calm oh <laughs> i don't know he must have been in a hurry though because so basically what happened was there were two lanes i was in the leftmost lane he was in the lane next to me and we were going through this curve and he just like was like i'm just gonna come over well he didn't come all the way over like i said he, like, he was, it seemed like he 
was going around the curve. I think he probably felt a little too much G-force rocking the truck to one side. So he so wanted he to let, cut it a little bit? He let off the steering wheel a little bit and went came a little too far into your lane. Uh, he definitely, that would be my guess, because... Although he was driving erratically after that, too. Yeah, did you notice that? Like, like I, he kept passing you on the right, and then he'd fall behind you, and then he'd try yeah. passing you again. Yeah, it was very strange. And then strange. He, he went all the way to the right lane, to the middle lane, and then passed over to the left lane with a very small margin just to slow down in the middle lane and go behind everybody that he had just passed. I'm not sure what's going on there. But that was the PSA for today that I'm going to attack yes. on. So Drunk. Yeah. Okay, so three PSAs. Don't drink and drive. Do we have to say that? You'd be surprised, I feel like. So I'm not going to lie. So the other day I walked from my from my house or from my parents' house to my grandmother's house. It's six and a half miles. And I, I walked because um, I think that was when I brought the RS home from my grandmother's. So I brought it to my parents' house. I walked back to my grandmother's to grab the all road. And the entire way that I was walking that six and a half miles, you won't believe the number of the amount of shit that's in the side of the road. Well, I mean, you're the trash man. So obviously you would know that it was, I've done my fair share of walking. That's true. That's true. It's atrocious. It's awful. It's terrible. Like there were, and I swear to God, like 50, 60% of everything that I saw was like beer cans and beer bottles. Mm -hmm. It's like, guys don't drink and drive. Stay in the dot of the stay between your lanes, stay in the lane, stay between the lines. Maybe don't throw trash out the window. And turn your damn headlights yeah. on when it's shitty out. Collect your empty um, bottles in the back of your car so that when you stop at the grocery store to pick up more beer, you can put the deposit back in and then get that. Yes, turn your headlights on unless lights are being provided for you. Then, you know. There's an asterisk on that PSA. <laughs> save your, save the filaments. Save your bulbs, guys. There's a limited shelf life on your bulbs. So, and Is there a shelf life on HIDs or do they just kind of last forever? I think they let, they basically let, well, the bulbs are filled with a gas of some sort, um, and that's what causes it to It's helium. Burn. You can breathe it. No? Okay. That apparently is incorrect. Where did that come from? You said it's filled with a gas. Yeah, but where did helium come from? Helium makes your voice interesting. So you're saying we should do an episode where we're all on helium? I'll pass. At least for one section of it. Bruce oh, okay. can judge us. Yes. I'm okay with that. All right. Maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> So that that's all I've got for PSAs. <laughs> I don't have any of my own. No. But I do believe you have a topic or two that you can oh, bring I up to us. I guess I do. Uh-oh. Don't if you're Yeah. If you get stuck behind a trash truck, don't treat us <laughs> like the scum of the earth. We're just we need to stop to pick up the trash. It doesn't just magically teleport itself into the back of the truck. Leave us alone. Be res- be respectful of your service drivers. And buy me coffee. And buy them coffee, guys. I think we mentioned that once before. Buy your trash bin yeah, coffee. Yeah, you tried to say don't buy the driver coffee. You should just buy the uh, the picker. I did say The people coffee. that do the hard work. Yeah, you the should, ones that actually you work. You should buy both of them coffee, but give both coffees to the driver because the guy, the guy in the back of the truck has his hands full, so I'll take care of his coffee for him. Something sounds fishy with that. Nope. That maybe, deal. You're maybe thinking, just gift cards. You're thinking, t- nope, you're thinking too much. Well, yeah, just to be sick, because people can drug coffee, I guess. We're gonna we're gonna drug this this trash truck driver's coffee. This episode has gone to a dark area. I'm a dark person, so it's fine. <laughs> I could go a couple directions, but I'm not going to go either. <laughs> Bruce, I want to hear that. No, no, no. Let's hear you this. are neither a dark person because you and I share the exact same skin tone. <laughs> Actually, right now we're both red because okay, I'm pretty fine. sure we got I'm a sorry. little. I should have I have a dark sense of humor. Yes. Yes, I do agree, though. I think we got a little sunburned today. Yeah. Luckily, I had my hat on the entire time, but you're not so lucky, AJ. <laughs> eh, I'll be fine. It happens. Now, I want to pass it over to Bruce, because I do believe he has some fun topics for us News! To yes. Good news, everyone. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Good news, no one. Uh, Ford will be releasing a uh, new compact truck called the Ford Maverick. Um, or, I'm sorry, they should be announcing it. Probably sometime next year. There, people have spotted it around. Uh, you know how they test on the test mules. Yeah, they, they wrap them in camouflage and then yep. they just send them out for test drives. Um, the good news about this one is its base model is probably going to start somewhere around twenty or under twenty thousand dollars. I should say. Wow. Yes, but it's built on the. Where are you? 
Oh yeah, so the C2 platform, which uh, is the same platform as the Focus, the new Focus as of 2019. Uh, the 2020 Escape, linking uh, Corsair also shares that same platform, and the Ford Bronco Sport. Um, it is going to be available with a 1.5 inline three turbo uh, EcoBoost or the two liter EcoBoost uh, inline four. That one will be either turbocharged or NA. Uh, naturally aspirated, sorry. It's going to have an eight-speed uh, automatic. How big of a bet are we talking? Did it say? Compact truck. It's like it's comparable to the Honda Ridgeline, kind of small. Um, it's also going to have a hybrid option. Um, Front-wheel drive option, which I thought was interesting for a truck. Ford, have you lost your mind? No, they're, they're building Come it on, on. They're building it on specifically like... The Focus platform. Yeah, so that it's going to have... It's going to be designed already for either front or all wheel which this has it's going to have front or all wheel that's very confusing i don't know how i feel about that like a you, truck with front wheel it's a little weird but you've got the ranger though like the like yeah they're still going to continue making the ranger but the ranger is a truck truck like i think base models like 24 25 grand i still think that's pretty reasonable and it's the uh, ford ranger is body on frame so this is a unibody Really? Yes. The, the Ranger is still body on frame? I'm almost positive. Today I learned. Huh. For some reason, I thought that was that was unibody, but yeah, no, but that the, does kind of make sense. But that also means that the new Bronco is unibody and not body on frame. So don't go off-roading with your Bronco unless you want to total it. Well, <laughs> they're, they're touting that the Bronco is an off-road champ. Yeah, but you bend your unibody and your insurance company is going to be like, nope, done. Yeah. Well, it depends on the degree of off-roading that you go, I guess. That's true. Anywho. Anyways. Hyundai is also going to be releasing a... Don't say it. A pickup truck. Uh, <laughs> good Lord. It's a Hyundai Santa Cruz pickup truck. Uh, I'm pretty sure they made that... It's not so much in response to Ford's new pick-em-up, but I think they made that in response to... Oh, who the hell else released a compact truck? Anywho, moving on. Ford's sales are doing very well. Apparently this year so far, they're up 26.4 as compared to the last two years. So good on them. And that has that is since they canceled the Focus, the, yes. all the cars. Which, I mean, I kind of, I don't know why I saw that coming. Yeah, you did. You did predict that. I just, I don't know. That just sounds weird to me. Like the Fusion, the Focus, Well, from the my understanding, yeah, all those cars weren't selling very well. At the, mm. Like I... The reason they canceled the Focus RS is because it just wasn't selling for shit. Yeah, but performance cars never do, in my opinion. Performance cars never are always going to be a niche item that aren't aren't meant to be mass marketed. I don't know. Miata sold like hotcakes, didn't they? Uh, maybe. In other Ford news. Sorry. Damn so Fords. Bruce Ford was on a Ford thing. kick. I like Ford. What, what were you looking for today while we were driving, AJ? I was actually going to state that any of our listeners, if they could, um, and get back to us, uh, find a Ford Bronco, a newer Ford Bronco, because we hear that they're selling, but we can't seem 10, to see any. so far. And roughly. we can't we can't seem to see any on the road, and I would like to, because, you know, it's it's just nice. It's a fun game for someone like me who's learning cars to start identifying cars that are other than the one that I actually drive. So... If any of our viewers are out there looking around the road, find a newer Ford Bronco and tell us about it. Yeah, it's Was pretty it crazy what, what Bruce just said. Yeah, they've sold 10,000. Roughly. 10, roughly 10,000 Broncos already just this year. I have, that's I've seen one wild. on the dealership lot, but I've never seen one driving around yet. Oh, that's wild. I would... I would have thought I've seen at least a, especially when we were out in Rochester. You would think you would yeah. have seen a couple. And I mean, we heard we heard they were gonna that they were selling like gangbusters. Like it was out the, the interest was out of the out through the roof. So anywho, uh, Ford F one fifty. Ford is going not all in on electric vehicles. Uh, they're also continuing to develop gasoline engines. Thankfully, I'm a big fan of them, but I also like electric cars, so I don't I. Happy medium, I guess. F-150 may be getting a new twin-turbocharged inline-six cylinder. Yeah. Twin-turbocharged? Twin-turbocharged inline-six with... I'm not too familiar with this technology. It's a pre-chamber ignition. I know diesels use them, and I think Formula One also uses them. Pre-chamber ignition. Is that meant to be like anti-lag? Is that what they're talking about? I think it's more to combat uh, knock. 
Interesting. Yeah, I'll I'll look into uh, yeah, it more. Do, do, do some research on that. I'd be curious what that technology is. Um, but uh, I guess it's supposed to be about twenty three percent more efficient than their current V six EcoBoost. Wow. Yeah. So I look forward to that because that sounds fun. Right. Twin turbocharge is going to be a lot, a lot of torque. Especially out of a straight six. Like yeah. that. That's weird for Ford. Yeah, naturally aspirated 4.0 from Jeep was like 200 and... Actually, I want. I don't want to look that up because I'm pretty... Like, I remember them making like sub 200 for uh, horsepower, but then like almost 300 or something in uh, torque. The, the AMC straight six... Um was in the Cherokee and the Wrangler power of a power output was from 129 to 200 horsepower. Oh, yes, that's right. But torque was from 216 to 280 foot pounds. Yeah. That's impressive. That's very good. Um, and that article that I was uh, reading about the new F1 engine was written by Caleb Jacobs. Thank you, Caleb. Yeah. We have to give some citations to the people that do our work for us. I agree. No, I'm just reading what I read or I'm just Re-reading. regurgitating what I read. No, I yeah. appreciate that. No, yep. heard it through the grapevine. I was thinking, I was thinking of something, and then I lost it. It's been a common thing today. Was I feel it, like was it more CCR lyrics? No, not much longer. Would you? I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, I got a topic starter that I think is slightly related to today. If you guys would like to switch, okay. So Show. today's trivia is actually going to be a little more uh, history based than. Um, just trivia based. I wanted to ask you guys currently if you could tell me uh, what the longest racetrack that we have in the world. Nurburg Ring in Germany. Nurburg Ring, Germany. And do you know how long it is? 13.6, I think, miles. Something like that. And there is an expansion that they're going to attempt to do to make it go up to 15 miles. I did not hear about um, that. In 2023, I believe. Okay. Wow. Now, I want to take you back a couple thousand years, and then I'd like to ask you, um, in the year 200, B, uh, 200 AD, what was the longest track in the world? AJ, they didn't have cars back then. But they still raced. Was it? It was probably the Coliseum. Yeah, I was going to say. It's actually something that's called the Circus Maximus, and it, it, it was... Um, it, Probably not going to be as impressive as uh, I think it is, but it was 225 meters in length or in width and then 600 meters in length. It was a long straight oval and it was done for chariot racing. And I don't want to bore you guys with chariot racing, but I figured it is similar because these are vehicles that were one to four horse powered. Um, in the chariot races, um, I just want to give you. I'm pr- I'm, I just I want to give you, you a couple stats, and I'm hoping we can make some comparisons to modern times. I see. I see the tie-in. I see yeah. the tie-in now. Um, and wheels. Yes, and and wheels. Um, in chariot racing, there were uh, 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 multiple groups. They were oftentimes owned and run by people who never raced, and they found people who were very good at racing and they oftentimes had one person leading the horses with another person standing back trying to make sure that the entire chassis is stable because these were going pretty fast. Now, um, while I don't know what our viewers might think, but I'm going to put this on you guys. How fast do you think chariot raced, uh, chariots raced around this track? Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. 40 miles an hour. 40... 45. Yeah. 45 miles an hour, which... If we're talking with horses in such a closed-in environment, that's pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, these groups were divided into four colors, um, one for a specific god of Rome. But... Um, no, go. I'm, okay. I was going to ask him to do something. After oh, no. Um, and Also, I, I remembered what it was that I was going to say earlier. We'll go back to that. Yep. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to interrupt you. Yeah. No. Um, in the stadium of the Colosseum, people painted themselves like their favorite teams. They rooted for their favorite teams. Rich people bet on who was going to win. And on the track, while it was expected to be an honorable race, people put swords, um, sides rammed into each other, and sometimes even poisoned each other's horses because they wanted to win. And, and here I thought the English invented hooligans. 
Well, and I was, I think this is going to go right up on the comment you just made. It was very common at the end of a race for if the red team won, everyone painted red would flood onto the <laughs> uh, stadium floor and they just flock around these groups. But um, they were oftentimes used politically with uh, someone who wanted to rise in political power, uh, funding or even buying a team. Um, and oftentimes they were sponsored. They did not have the kind of sponsorship where, um, so, the, so they wouldn't have like, nothing um, was on their chariots, but if Fismus's name written yes. on the chariot, yes, in bright red colors, crazy Hakim's, uh, fertilizer is sponsoring the red team by providing fertilizer to the, you know, this is, and, and this is not a new thing. Romans we're all about sponsorship, but because they did it with the gladiators too. But because this is racing, I want to put it back on you guys because when I was reading this, a lot of these things sounded very familiar. Like in motorsports, I don't think, uh, what you might call it, sponsorship came around until I want to say it was uh, Lotus that was the first team to ever do it. Formula One, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. they were, they would, would, when they were started doing the gentlemen's races, they would just color their car based on their nationality. So that's Germany get, was silver. Uh, Britain England was, was green. green. Yep. Yep. And France then, was blue? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And America was white. White as Maybe? well. Yeah. White. And Germany was silver. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then I think, yeah, I think it was Lotus that was like, we need more money, so how about you pay us and we'll put your name on our shit. Wasn't it a cigarette company? <laughs> he probably. It was like Mar Marlboro or something like that. Uh, whatever the golden black livery was, I can't remember. No, it wasn't a yeah. cigarette company. It was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know You'd either. have to look it up. But I could just picture, you know, chariot races with, you know, Spartacus branded chariot wheels, you know, on certain ones. And uh, I can't think of any Greek or old school names other than Spartacus. Cicero would be a good name for you to use. Sweet Cicero. Sweet Cicero. But no, um, they they had posters all around town, and the posters would often be um, uh, presented in a fashionable way because uh, the way that Rome worked was anybody was free to go in and watch the races or the Colosseum. Only the middle class and rich had to pay, but their seats were often higher and um, had food and stuff like that. And this hmm. was... The typical, and I'm not trying to make this a History of Rome podcast because there's already several of those, but um, this was one of the ways to entertain the populace oftentimes when they didn't have things to do. And chariot racing, um, I would consider, from what I've read, chariot racing in Roman times was a little more akin to football or baseball now as opposed to racing. But it is technically a race, and um you know, people would talk about the races after they happened, and especially if there was a crash or a death, you know, that was big news. Right. Um, but I, I just, I see so much uh, just comparable information between the two. And this was, you know, chariots arose because Rome and, and many civilizations used chariots as a war machine. But this was a way that they used them as um, entertainment. Entertainment. Entertainment, yeah. And Very it, good comparison, yes. I'm sure a lot that, of similarities. I'm sure that lines up with like, you know, like you, you mentioned with soccer and stuff like that. Like when whatever soccer team over in Europe wins, their fans just flood into the streets. It's even worse when they lose. <laughs> even worse yeah. when they lose, yeah. That's when stuff gets lit on fire. Yep. <laughs> crazy. Very true. Very crazy. So I guess this would be a good time to take a break and hear a word from our sponsors. Roger that. Thanks. Oh, Hi. Hit it. And we're back. It's not my turn. I did talking. You talk now. You, you did the talking thing. So I guess, it'll, I guess I'll go next. I, and we'll round it out with I I guess, guess the car. I talk good. All right. So I've, I had a, a busy, busy week. Um, it's actually this whole last, this last seven, seven or 10 days has been busy. Um, I got quite a bit done with uh, both of my cars. So for those of you who aren't aware, I'm the Audi, the Audi aficionado in the group. And I've got two. I've got a 2017 All Road, which is a wagon, and I've got a 2007 uh, RS4. And uh, the RS4 currently is the the loud, angry um, V8 with a six-speed manual, and that's been in the garage for over a week now. I think two uh, weeks. Has it really been two weeks? Yeah, I think we might be in the in the second week right now. It hasn't been a full two weeks okay. yet, but yeah. yeah. 
It's been in the garage, um, getting some oil leaks taken care of. That seems to be a common, common Audi thing. And uh, so they, the garage was able to figure out the the big, the big major leak was coming from the external oil cooler, which they were able to fix. Uh, they also, after that, they were able to determine that it was leaking from the auxiliary oil cooler, <laughs> which they were able to fix and replace. Uh, but now they, they said that it's also leaking from the oil pan, which needs, so that needs to be resealed, um, which is ironic because uh, the shop that I took it to first, I was not impressed with the service that I got. And they're a big name in the area for exotics and Audis and BMWs and stuff like that. And I personally, I did not feel taken care of at that garage. I felt a little, um, little disparaged against because the RS4 is loud and obnoxious and I'm, you know, younger, younger individual that doesn't wear, doesn't wear a suit or a tie or, you know, or a seatbelt. I wear my seatbelts. It's you that don't wear the seatbelt in the back seat, Bruce. Yeah, but you can't prove that. No, yeah, that's true. I can't. Can you go into more how you felt disparaged? Yeah. You know, cause like you just feel like you're not being respected. Like they're not taking your concerns seriously. Like, and this, this garage specializes in, you know, fast cars. They specialize in Ferraris. They specialize in, you know, they, they do Ferraris, they do Lamborghinis, they do Porsches, they do all, all these different brands. And I'm probably giving away way too much information where people are going to know which shop I'm talking about. It's Monroe muffler. Yep. You got that right. And honestly, I don't really care because I felt I felt like I'm a paying customer. They're supposed to be servicing my needs, and I just felt like they just did not care. They did not take anything seriously. They probably they were treating me like I didn't know anything. And I'm the type where like I I self doubt myself a lot as it is. Like I will second guess my knowledge if if I think somebody know is supposed to know more than me, and they treat me like I'm like I'm an idiot. Then I'm be like, okay, then I'm probably an idiot. And I had them in the RS4, there's a set of runners inside the intake manifold. So when the car is idling, these flaps are closed and it, and it restricts airflow into the engine. And when you get over a certain speed, these flaps open up, it makes allows more air to go into the engine. And well, there's a common thing where the bolts that hold these flaps in place, work their way loose and drop into cylinders. It's a common thing apparently after so many miles after you know when you get into the high mileage which mine is these bolts will drop into the cylinder and it ruins the engine and then you're out so the big common thing that's done is they remove these runners they remove the flaps they leave the actuators and the sensors and everything like that so the computer is actuating everything like it should be but it's not making a difference real common thing i've read about it i've done all my research on it and I, when I had the car in there before to have them do some work on it, I was like, could you guys do this change for me? While, while the manifold is off, could you remove these runners? And they were like, well, I don't know if we could do that. And I was like, why not? And there goes, oh, it's probably, it's, you're going to, you're going to get a check engine light. And I was like, if you leave the sensors and everything, it's like, yeah, even if we, even if we leave the sensors, the car's not going to run right. And you're going to get a check engine light. And I was like, uh, if, could you consider this my acknowledgement that I'm going to get a check engine light if you do this work and could you just do it anyway? Like I, like I, everything that I had read, they were like, it's not going to, it's not going to do anything. All it is is preventative maintenance to make sure you don't grenade your engine. But the shop, I get it. The shop probably has no idea. probably has no experience with this car, with this engine. They probably don't know, but say that don't, don't lie to me and tell me that X, X is going to happen or that, the cars, yeah, X gonna X gonna give it to you. Rest in peace, DMX. Could you just glue that entire assembly closed? Why? Sounds fun. Okay, yeah, Gorilla Glue. I guess we could do that next time it's just off. Put Gorilla Glue in your <laughs> engine. But anyway, I mean. Yes, I'm just a customer. Yes, I don't work on, you know, $100,000 cars on a daily basis, but I know my car and they treated me like I was an idiot. And needless to say, they did the work. I paid to have have them do the work. And lo and behold, I don't get a check engine light. It runs fine. It idles fine. Sounds better. Sounds better. I get more pops and bangs on overrun. So I wasn't very happy with that shop. Um... And I paid seven grand last year 
Did you really? Seven grand in total. For I don't them. think I ever asked you what the final bill on that was. To, to have them take care of the oil leaks on that. And they did the oil pan. They did the front main seal. They did the um, valve cover gaskets. They did the oil pan. They did the oil pan. Wow. Yep. Not very well. Apparently not. Um, so the garage that it's at now, I've, I've had great luck with. I took my old Avant there. Um, and they did a, a, a lot of great work with that car for a reasonable price. Um, so they're doing all the work to the RS and we're, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. We figured out that there's a couple hoses that might be leaking. So we're reaching out to uh, the company out in, out in the UK. They're based out of the UK to see if we can source replacement hoses. And hopefully the RS will be in a non-leaking state by the end of the end of the season. That'd be nice. Gorilla Glue's really good at stopping leaks. <sighs> yeah, it is. It is. I think we should just tell them. We should just bring a jar of Gorilla Glue over to the garage and say, hey, while this is running, can you like find a way to inject this into the injectors, please? Thank you. Right. Or we could just take the oil cap and like take the oil cap off and while it's running, just pour Gorilla Glue into the crankcase. Everywhere that you can add fluids to the car. Gas gas tank. Yes. Yeah. It'll just fill in all the all those leaks. Yeah, it's the best thing about Gorilla that's why I say it's good at sealing leaks. When it dries, it turns into this foamy like material yeah. and it puffs up. Ooh, that even better skip because uh the spray foam stuff that works even faster Ooh, yeah the expanding foam yeah like insulation spray foam insulation i should be a mechanic god bruce you just man magnificent as a as a side comment to this i have not experienced this personally because i don't know much about vehicles but your story is not the first time i've ever heard someone complain and, and by the way this is not about all mechanics People have told me time and time again that they have certain shops that they very much love because they get uh, spoken to directly about what the capabilities are, what they're willing to do, what they want to do. Um, but I've also heard stories where someone has done like beyond almost scientific research about a specific car and they just get talked to like they have no idea what they're talking about. And one of the things it reminds me of is I'm going to do a very specific uh, reference here and how I hope at least one person gets it. But in the show Parks and Rec, there is a character named Ron Swanson. He walks into a hardware store, and he's a very adept woodworker. And one of the workers walks up to him, and before he even says anything, he just responds, I know more than you. And, you know, that's that's probably how, like, a little bit you could have felt inside, just that, yeah. you know. Yep. And, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a mechanic. I don't do it for a living. By no means am I an expert. There's a reason why my car is at the garage because they they do it for a living, and mm -hmm. I can't be troubled to you know spend weeks underneath my car fixing it myself, especially when I probably won't be able to do it properly for something this intricate anyway. But it's like you know, be respectful of your customers, man. Do you want to give this new place a shout out since they've been awesome? Yeah, I suppose I could. We've been to a car meet there. Yeah, we went to a car meet there. It's uh, A&K Euroworks in Camillus. Um, big shout out to those guys. They've been more than accommodating with um, you know, the work that I've had them do with my the last car and the RS4. You know, they, they've been communicative. They've emailed me, texted me. They've let me know what's going on. They, the, uh, the company over, out in the UK that is going to be supplying the new hoses, it's Forge Motorsport. Um, they asked if they could get a couple pictures of the fitting and everything like that to make sure that we had the kit right and everything like that. And um, I included the garage on the email and the garage got it. They took a couple pictures and they forwarded the email, forwarded the pictures through the email. It was perfect. So big shout out to those guys. Highly recommended. If you've got a European brand, they do Audis, Volkswagen, BMWs. It's a great shop and a great location. Yeah, good location too. Definitely nice guys. Yeah, we Bruce and I we went to their their meet last year. Was it last year? I think it was before it was, before the shutdown. It was middle of spring, so yeah, last year. It must have been before the shutdown, yeah. Cuz I don't remember having a mask on while we were there. No. But yeah, they had a meet and they had a whole bunch of random cars show up and everything like that and you know, we all talked and that was right when they moved to the new shop there in Camillus and it was it was good. So highly recommended for me anyway. Yeah. So what do you got? What do you got, AJ? Um, I just have a, a little bit of when I was researching my Roman racing history, I also did the history of auto racing. And I think we've we've discussed it little bits in here and there when we've talked about races. But um, a couple of the things that surprised me were that um, it was very heavily based in France 
uh, in the beginning, and it's, uh, and still, I believe, many races obviously still happened there, but a lot of the engineers were French en- engineers in the beginning, and then obviously in the United States, um, it, it began, and it was a, generally a gentleman's agreement about racing, and then um, obviously prohibition had happened, and the, a lot of race capabilities came into that there, and I don't know the exact amount that happened with, um, I, I want to say they were, some of them were called rum runners. Um, but you know, just vehicles transporting alcohol place to place. But I just, I thought it was interesting and in how, uh, the organizations, uh, came to me and how they went from, you know, single, uh, or two wealthy people making an agreement about who can get where faster, you know, to, you know, stadium sized events where people are watching and racing. Well, you know, the, those rum runners, that was the precursor to NASCAR, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's where big old V8s got stuffed inside of Fords so they could outrun the cops. L- little tiny coops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make them go real fast. But it's interesting that you say that about, about racing and competition and stuff like that. Um, I'm instantly reminded there was a, uh, I think it was an intro video to one of the Forza games. I want to say it was like Forza Motorsport 6, which is a video game, a racing video game. And one of the the intro, the first video that plays of that video game, it's um, Idris Elba, the actor, doing the narration. And he's talking about, you know, racing and competition. And at the very end, he's like, um, no one really knows the answer why we race, but we just know that we always will. Because it's fun. It's, it's a show of anything. It's a show of a com- competition of skill. It's a competition of, you know, dedication. Who's got the faster car? Who can drive better? Because it's just jolly good fun. For for you, yes. <laughs> but no, I agree. Yeah. Just going, man, going around that track, that was just like, that's going to be like the highlight of my year so far. Seriously. just That was just a wild, crazy, crazy good time. You know what else is a crazy good time? Tell me. Guess that car. Oh, nice. I'm ready. I thought you were going to bring it back to Gorilla Glue again to make me happy. Um, It it's is possible. Very that... weird thing to be on a kick yeah. about right now. I'm <laughs> just throwing that out there. I like Gorilla Glue. Okay. It's uh, very handy. I know what I'll get you for your birthday then. Ooh, yes, please. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> this first vehicle that I'm bringing up and guess that car. Uh, I have a theme this week. Uh, you'll see it soon. Um, if this is your first time listening, guess that car is uh, AJ has a car in mind and he's several. got several cars in mind. And Bruce and I have to guess that car. We're very original in our naming. I know. Yes. Um, so this car was, I'm sorry, this vehicle. I shouldn't have said that. Oh God. Well, you just was gave it away. built in 1974 to 1975. 20 Karsch- Karschens. From 74 to 75. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Was it made with Gorilla Glue? There is a chance that Gorilla, Gorilla Glue... Gorilla Glue is my thing. Get your own thing. around. <laughs> I have no idea. Gorilla Glue is not around then. Actually, I can't say that. It may have been. I know it didn't gain popularity until like late 2000s. I'm pretty sure that's a new thing. Is it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Here, let me look that up real quick. <laughs> Car podcast. I'm just going to create my own side podcast all about Gorilla Glue. Founded in 1999, oh, wow. damn, based in Sharonville, Ohio. Today you learned. Hooray. Yeah, so not 1974 to 1975. So 74 to 75 and it's a car. Is it a domestic brand? Was it built in the U.S.? No. Was it built in Europe? No. Built in Asia? No. Cheese, Louise, Papa Cheese. That's why I hesitated. <laughs> Was it built in Africa? No. Australia is not part of Europe, are they? No. Okay. I, is, I would consider Australia part of Asia. No. Australia is its own continent. Yeah. Austral Austral Asia. We're playing. We're playing risk. Continents. We're we're playing risk here. It's Australasia. <laughs> it was not Australasia. Don't worry. <laughs> my my, <laughs> my uh, 
I don't know what the hell you'd call it. My knowledge of the globe is based on risk too, so we're in Yeah. Fist bump. Yep. <laughs> so it's not built anywhere on this planet. It is built on this planet. Come closer to your first guess. Is it built in Canada doesn't make Mexico? No. Canada? Yes. Canada doesn't make cars. They make maple syrup. And hockey. We just lost all of our Canadian <laughs> viewers. Bye guys. <laughs> Canada makes a car in the oh, 70s. Oh, wait. Bic got its start in Canada, didn't it? Bic? Like the pen company. The lighters? The Bic lighters? Bic and, and lighters, yes. Didn't they start in Canada? Really? Bic used to make cars. No, they didn't. Yes. Is that what you're talking about? This is not... Let me look, because I don't want to state anything wrong. Bic is not mentioned as... Hmm. I might also be way off on where Bic got started. For whatever reason, I think it's a Canadian company. However, this is a Canadian company. Really? You're just completely... You've blown my mind. I didn't realize they manufactured cars up there at any point in time. Uh, there, there's really no point in even continuing this one. Yeah. I'm not going to have any idea. Okay. Well, I will let you know. This is a two-seat sports car that was made by the Bricklin Company. Never heard of it. I wonder if they shortened Brick to Bic. That's what I was trying to find out, but it wasn't on. Um, Brooklyn SV1 was known as the Safety Vehicle 1. It looks like it came out of a science fiction movie. Um, I'm going to show the the boys here, but it has gull doors. Wow, that looks like a Corvette Datsun DeLorean hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. But this is... uh, this is the Bricklin SV1. Interesting. Obviously not still around, or did they just not get imported? Uh, well, it was only made from 1974 to 1975. The, the Bricklin Company. Oh. Um, let me look on this, because I believe they went out of business because of this. Oh. Yeah, it was made by Brick- Malcolm Bricklin and... It was a Grandview Industrial Park in New Brunswick, um, and the provincial government provided financing of $4.5 million for Brooklyn's car. And I am reading this off of Wikipedia, so the facts are apt to change. Well, today yeah. we learned, I think. That's interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I wouldn't have pegged Canada as an auto manufacturer, but no. Huh. here we are. Had no yeah. idea. Hmm. All right, so on to the next vehicle. The year for this one is 1970 to 1978. The car was made during that time? Those are the years that it was manufactured? Yes. 70 to 78. Is it a North American company? Yes. Chevy? No. Chrysler? No. Chrysler encompasses Dodge and Jeep for what it's worth. No. And Chevy, well, I didn't say GM specifically. No, you did say Chevy. So GM is uh, Chevy, Pontiac, Cadillac, Buick. Buick. Saab, once upon a time. Also, uh, Geo. Geo, Holden. Saturn. Yeah. Ford? So this company is no longer in name of what it is, I don't believe. Okay. AMC? Yes. Oh. 70 to 78. Um, That was before the uh, Pacer. I'm going to... Gremlin? It's the Gremlin. Yeah, the Gremlin. It's the only one I can think of. The Gremlin. <laughs> oh, they have the Javelin and the... Uh, oh, yeah, the Javelin. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, God, I can never remember the name of the other. They they had two muscle cars. It was the Javelin and... Do you know AMC made the Jeep, I believe? Yeah. What? that's That was yeah. the main my main problem with... Uh, Chrysler, why I always give them so much shit is because, in my honest opinion, they destroyed Jeep. Mm. They're the ones who took away the 4.0. They're the ones who started making four-door Wranglers. <sighs> and when you, you know, make the wheelbase of a off-road vehicle longer, you're taking away some of yep. its off-road capability. It's just why? Because moms wanted it as a family. That's, that's it. And it's a horrible, hor- it's like completely unsafe. It's one of the most prone to rolling over. Yeah. Why would you want to put your family in that? 
I don't know. Well, some backstory. My dad, he owned, owned a 1946 Willys Jeep. So this was a CJ2A, which is like right after the war, 46, obviously. So that's like the first civilian model of the Jeep. And he used to call Wranglers Wronglers. <laughs> well, no, because like when AMC had them, they were decent. They were damn decent. He was all about that flat fender life. I'm not going to fault him. Yep. Those were. He was a purist, though. Those were very nice. Through and through. Very nice vehicles. All right. I'm going to move on to the last vehicle that I have. Uh, this vehicle was manufactured from 1958 to 1960. Man, you really picked like obscure, haven't been, didn't. It's, there's a theme. 58 to 60. Is it domestic? It is. GM? No. So it's either going to be Ford or Chrysler. Or a yes. brand, brand that doesn't exist. No. Yes. 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 Ford. Well, Ford. Because 58 to 60. When the hell did Studebaker Packer go? Uh, it doesn't matter. We already established we, it. We, it's a Ford, right? <laughs> so it's a Ford. Is it a Six. truck? No. Are you considering an SUV a truck? No. Okay. No, because they manufactured the Thunderbird for longer than that. Um. God. It's probably a Ford Pinto or something. The Falcon was longer. No, Pinto was well after uh, 60. Um, I don't know my old cars, unfortunately. I want you to remember the date range of every car that yeah, I've guessed so to far. 58 to 60. Of all the other ones, though. Of all the other ones, too. 70 to 78, and then uh, 74 to 75. 58 to 60? This one's 58 to 60. Um, Ford. I think they made the they made the Falcon way longer than that. Yeah, Mr. Regular loved the Falcon. This car had its own television show. The Edsel. <laughs> yes, sorry. thank you. No, you're right. Yeah, I should have gotten that sooner. Yeah, the gigantic clusterfuck of a car that was. Tell us more. Uh, it was. Uh, I mean, the it started off, they couldn't name the damn thing, so they actually had a contest within the oh. company, and then the contest within the company didn't go over so well, <laughs> so they reached out to a couple of poets, and then they didn't like that. Like, Edsel was initially uh, like offered up or suggested as a name, and they didn't like it, <laughs> so that's why this whole thing yeah. started. Um, and it, it went to E-Car, which was short for Experimental Car, because they could not come up with a acceptable name for it. Yikes. Um, but it, it gets slightly worse than that, too, because they were manufacturing it on the exact same line as some Lincoln. Or maybe some... Yeah, I some, just passed it. They were, but it, So, like, I guess they were taking parts from... This Lincoln? The Lincoln and putting them accidentally onto the Edsel and oh, the no. parts that, so they were riddled with just reliability issues. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they were in it, they initially wanted to name it after uh Henry Ford II's grandfather, Edsel Ford. And that got shut down immediately. So they just had all of these they had the contest and then they reached out to poets. And they didn't like any of that name, so they finally just came back and settled on the Edsel. Like, when in the history of naming things has, like, public questioning ever worked? More than... It's happened with other cars, too. Companies have had company... Uh, and, like, the prize for um, winning the the naming contest for the Edsel was an Edsel. You get the car, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like, you know, they had that tugboat that they were trying to name, and, they, and like, the number one winning suggestion was Bodie McBoatface online that's uh, something i would say <laughs> north america or uh northern new york has also had naming conventions for plows so <sighs> when yes. news stations tell which plows are where they're oftentimes hilariously named but i i going back to the etzel i will also bring up that um I, obviously i'm not claiming that hype didn't exist back then but for a big commercial deal this was hyped up people were yeah. in suspense they wanted to know what this car and it was put forward as the car that was going to change the world. And did it? Well, I mean, it lasted two years. All the cars I brought up today were known as... It's flops. Flops. The Gremlin? The Gremlin, though? Um, It did... It I mean, was okay, on no, the... back then, yes, it has a cult following today. It does today, because it's a very unique style, the Gremlin. Yeah. It looks very interesting. And the, the same thing with the Pacer. The Pacer is famous because of Wayne's World. 
yeah. Northmobile. And, and I also want to bring up that when I was researching what the internet considers flops, several of them are on their way back in now. So I hesitated to put those. Um, there was a couple Chrysler vehicles that I, I forgot the name of, keep, but I'll research keep that them. One, keep that one out of your mouth. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say that until next episode, but I wanted to bring up those three today because they were all... Pacific? I mean, Damn it. I didn't say that one. Well, now that the door is open, we did see two of those today. Yes. And all 13. Oh, yeah. A new one and an old uh, one. The 26 new one, of their The new one scared me. <laughs> the new one scared me. Came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. And the old one looked like it had sat in a swamp for about 10 of its years. Probably did. There was rust everywhere. Mm-hmm. The exhaust looked like terrible. The, one of the exhausts was hanging off to the right. The other one was smoke billowing yeah. out of the yeah. driver's window. <laughs> At least I hope it was cigarette smoke. So this is your friendly reminder. Not the car. <laughs> give Pacificas a wide berth, and if you own one, get rid of it. Trade it in. Mm. Even if you're going to take a loss. But just, no, I was not going to bring up Pacifica. I'm yeah. surprised. I'm, real, I'm, I'm proud not, of you. That was not listed on the flops because apparently it is a popular no, car. That's, amongst a, that's the a flop. Certain straight flop. It is. Demographic. But Chrysler is responsible for some of the most hated cars in history. Agreed. Uh, oh, God. What the hell? Three Sebring? Yeah. Well, the Sebring wasn't that bad. Sebring was, that was super on, hated. That really? was on the flop list. Yeah, it, was it, it really? Oh, yeah. Everybody hated the Sebring. I'm pretty sure everybody hated the LeBaron. Um, the 300 looks awful. I don't hate the 300S. Like it's got a pretty sharp looking grill on it. So there were two 300s. There was the 300. Which one was the S? Did that have like the the rectangular grill in the front, or did it have like a more streamlined front to it? Which one am I thinking of? I think the S had the blacked out wide mouth grill. So the 300S, yeah, that's the one I'm thinking. Of. That's the one I don't like. Really? The uh, the 300. There's another 300. I know the 200s. I'm pretty sure it's selling well, but I don't. Yeah, it was the 300M. The neon uh, is ridiculed mercilessly. The PT Cruiser is ridiculed mercilessly. The PT Loser, and as I call it, yes. <laughs> yeah. Chrysler's made a lot of questionable choices. Well, I think a lot of these flops, talking talking about flops anyway, I think a lot of those are the, the product of when they're released. Yeah, a couple of them came out during like recessions and or whatnot. The, the gas crisis yeah. and stuff like that. Like I, the, I'd like to read to you what, if yeah. you just type in... Uh, what constitutes? Biggest, biggest car flops. Okay. The list that it goes, if you do the drop down, this is from Google, not me. It goes Edsel, Pontiac Aztec, DMC DeLorean... The Lincoln Blackwood. Never even heard of that one. General that's Motors. Lincoln, that's the Lincoln truck. The Blackwood. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a like truck. a F-150 that's a Lincoln. You know what's funny is I've actually seen people put the grill from the Lincoln on their Ford F-150. Don't do that, guys. <laughs> no, do it. It's fun. Don't listen to him. We also got It's the, like a crafts project. <laughs> we got the GM EV1. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Plymouth Prowler. Yeah, God, oh, I hated God, that thing. Yeah, that was another, big. That's another Chrysler one right there. There's going to be an SSR on the list, too, because I always associate those two. The Fisker Karma. Mm. Yeah. The Brooklyn SV1. The Yugo. And then it goes into an ad. But Huh. Because the one that I was thinking of was the Pontiac Fiero. I'm pretty sure they sold well, and it was very cheap for them to manufacture because that was a parts bin car. It was. It definitely was a parts bin car, but it lasted four years. Here's another one. Oh, like Ford Pinto, every yeah. every well, I, every the Ford website Pinto has their own. Was an actual flop. I thought that one was just a very dangerous car. Well, would you want to drive around with a bomb on your ass? I mean, if it's cheap. I mean, I, it, I believe this was a uh, legal issue because not only oh, was they had to recall. Okay, that makes and sense. And it turned yeah. out that the Ford execs knew all about Ooh, it. Oh yeah! Wow. But greenlit the production. Anywho, just from what I'm looking at right now. You know what we should do right now? We should say for next week, we should talk about like automotive scandals. Like Dieselgate. Dieselgate. Yeah. I want to talk about Dieselgate. We could talk about the Pinto. We could talk about, you know, do some research. If you guys are okay with it, I'd like I mean, Delorean's to come got up. a great story. I have, well, I do not know Delorean's story, so uh, that's a good. We should we should definitely talk we'll, about we'll that. Collaborate then. without I, telling specifics, but I think we should each come up with maybe two. What was the uh, the the fairies you were telling me about <laughs> yesterday, the or this morning actually. Yeah, the the just the 
like old Celtic legends, the light fey folk and yes. the dark fey folk. That comes up in Delorean story. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yep. Stop that. Really? Yep. The curse. Right. The curse of the fey. All right, you've you've got you've got my interest. I want to know. This is a good. One. I want to know. So that'll be next week, guys. If you're listening, don't do research ahead of time. It's going to be better the way we tell you. No, right. I'm probably going to screw things up. Go ahead and research it for yourself and then write in and tell me all the ways I was wrong. Right. By all means, write in and tell us that we're idiots. It never gets... I like hearing it. <laughs> I do want to say I really appreciate our listeners and thank you for coming back week after week and please let us know if there's things that you'd like us to talk more about or if there's future topics oh. that you'd like us. Um, you can email us at bcs at brokecarsnobs.com and is our facebook public yeah our facebook and is we have a facebook but you can cut that out and our facebook no, i'm page, not gonna cut that out smash smash the smash that like and subscribe button and the folks. bell for <laughs> no. notifications click, click the bell this yeah. isn't youtube but if you do search on facebook for i believe broke car snobs i I would assume we will come up in yep, that search. Yeah, we will show up. Uh, we also have a Twitter account, so you can follow us at Broke Car Snobs. If you like us, please leave us a positive review on whatever service you're using to listen to us on. Come on, guys. We've been in the social networking game for too long for you guys not to know what to do when you like something. So just if you like us, like at all, do us a solid. Oh yeah, spread the spread the word. Tell someone. Word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah, tell people that there's these crazy three guys that don't know anything. Ben, you know people. This is a shout. I don't even know who Ben is, but you this don't is need a to shout know, out. You don't ben. need to know. Ben, you know people. Ben, get it together, man. Thomas, you know people. I don't, Thomas, I don't, Thomas doesn't know anyone. I don't no, know Thomas either, but Thomas, Thomas. Thomas knows two of us, and he's family. <laughs> Thomas, get it together, man. <laughs> Thomas, like, Thomas is like more of an introvert than you are, isn't he? Ooh. I don't know. Thomas, write us and tell us if we're right or wrong about that. We'll be very specific with our fan base. <laughs> See, I don't know you, but I love you nonetheless. Yeah, thank you for listening. You listen. <laughs> All right, so I guess we're uh, that's it for today, huh? Yep, I, I got nothing else. I'm tired, and I've got some Chipotle in the trunk that yeah. needs to be devoured by end of day. So I'm good. Until next time, we are the Broke Car Snobs. I'm Adam. I'm Aaron. I'm Bruce. Peace out. Thank you very much for listening. We love you. Goodbye.